There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big, big welcome to the Business Elevation Show today. It's great to be back with you again um, with a, a favorite guest today. We've got Neil McCoy-Ward. Uh, we're going to be talking about preparing for tomorrow, although with what's going in the world at the moment, it could be called preparing for today. Um, uh, so there's an awful lot going on right now uh, globally. Wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, welcome. Um, it's great to be with you again. And if you didn't get the chance to listen to last week's show, we had John Live say. Um, who um, is now living in, um, has, has, has moved uh, in the USA. He's now in Texas. Uh, he was in Los Angeles when we last had him on the show and, uh, and has moved for a, a more kind of relaxed uh, lifestyle. But we're talking about the tale is in the sale. We're talking about storytelling and the importance of storytelling and how you can utilize that within, within selling to have more authenticity and uh, greater kind of results and uh, success and connecting with people. And as ever, John uh, is uh, a tremendously insightful guest. So I recommend listening to that one if you haven't already. Um, we're going to be uh, talking um, today with, uh, with Neil about, uh, as I say, preparing for tomorrow. And, you know, there's just been so much going on, hasn't there, since uh, we last had Neil on the show. It was September last year. I um, mean, he talked about uh, various situations and kind of scenarios and they've, they've, They've come true. We're now in uh, March of uh, 2022, and uh, we're you know there's tension across the globe. You know economically, there are challenges. Prices are being hiked. We're talking about inflation, uh, lots of issues. And I've known Neil actually for for many years. Really, we met in the speaking association. I'm guessing probably eight, ten years ago, something like that. And at that point, I met Neil. He he was a, a multiple business owner. He was into, into property. He had all sorts of retail companies and, uh, you know, a, quite an, an unassuming man in some ways, but with enormous um, ethic and uh, an ability to transform and, and, and develop results. And somebody I realized that I got a lot of wisdom. And, and since then, Neil has kind of reinvented himself. He's, um, he's much more into kind of research and economics and He's studying what's going on globally. He travels around the globe to get the latest insights. And I think something that's very interesting with Neil, you know, through my line, this is the 454th interview I've done on, on Voice America. So unique one. So quite a few now. And you know, I would say over my years, I've met one or two people who I would say could be described as conspiracy theorists. And, uh, and I have to say, you know, the people that I've met who I really do take information from with a bit of a pinch of salt. Sometimes it can make sense, but it's quite scary. It's quite uh, daunting. But I don't put Neil in that uh, space at all. I think on the BBC a couple of years ago, he was identified as somebody who, with that kind of label. But what has happened with Neil is that over the last couple of years, he's been proved right. And that's pretty scary, actually, but he's been proved right. And I think with the amount of insight and his travel and his, uh, his wisdom and knowledge, I think you, and his, his military background as well, he's somebody to listen to, to consider, and to, be, and to carefully 
think through your own life as to whether what, what he's sharing um, could help you secure your future, improve your life, and uh, and 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 your business really. So I'm uh, he's the he's the CEO of Forward Thinking Group UK. Um, he, as I've mentioned, he's um, he says businesses in all sorts of area, investment and housing markets. He's got a massive massive social media following. People are, are following his um, advice and working all over the globe. I mean, I looked this morning, people from Lebanon, all over the world are commenting and reviewing on his videos. So let's talk about preparing for tomorrow or perhaps today. A well, big welcome to Neil McCoy Ward. Yeah, that's, Chris, that's going to be hard to live up to all of that. So I'm going to do my best now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been on once. I mean, what I do really, you know, do really respect about you is that you know, you're out there and you really are sharing your views and opinions and you're not afraid of doing that. And you do it in a very, very compelling, but I think unassuming way. Um, and, and I really admire that. And, uh, you know, I think I, say I often take these things with a pinch of salt, but a lot of what you've shared so far already has come true. And, um, um, and uh, therefore, I think you deserve that accolade. And I suppose the challenge is, Wherever you, wherever you put yourself out there, you'll have people who disagree with you too. So I imagine you have a little bit of that too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think you're a man that's worth following and worth listening to. Great. Thank you. You're very welcome. So tell us, we, you were on the show back in September, and uh, I wonder what's been happening to you since then in, in your life. What's been going on? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember what we talked about in September. There was probably a lot of things. But um, it's good to hear you said that they've come true, whatever it was I forecast back then. But one of the things I know I mentioned to you off air was that um, I was thinking about moving on from the UK. I wasn't happy to be stuck in a big city there. I could just see the writing on the wall and I could see a lot of things changing that I wasn't happy with. And also in society, I was having a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of societal issues um, a lot of crime increases. Uh, I have friends who are in police and things like that. Um, there was a lot of things changing that they would always tell me about. So I, I decided that, well, the main thing was I was going to be buying a farm in the USA. Now that hasn't um, transpired at this time. So I moved to the Isle of Man instead where uh, they welcomed me with open arms. So I, I went to uh, the Isle of Man. So this is where I now live. And I've been here since the 1st of February, and it is absolutely fantastic. I think actually uh, they did me a favor <laughs> with, with the USA. So I'm, I'm really glad to, to actually be here. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And I'm actually going to be standing down as, uh, from my CEO role um, very shortly now. Uh, I'm just handing over the reins to uh, somebody else. But, but that's mainly it, just keeping on with the YouTube channel and the private community. Uh, just past 304,000 uh, members, actually, um, you know, wow. subscribers. So things are sort of growing quite, quite exponentially at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you're right on topic right now, aren't you, <laughs> with the things that you talk about? Um, yeah. And I think that's, yeah. um, that's both, both smart, but I know, you know, everything you do is heavily, heavily researched. So I just... Yeah, you know, I've got to ask you really, you know, what's your, what is your perspective? What's going on right now? It's a huge question, I know. I won't go into every last detail of what I think is going on because it's, I think most people listening will just think it's crazy talk um, in terms of some of the real depths of, of what's, what's happening. 
but I'm, I'm happy to talk about stuff that people will be able to at least question and, um, and accept. But we are in um, the fourth sort of secular. So, so what, what we have is we have cycles in the world and you can trace these back thousands of years and it depends which sort of model you want to follow. There's different models. Um, um, Howe and Strauss did, did one called the fourth turning. That's one of the best ones that I really like. And we are in the fourth turning. And I remember a couple of years back saying that COVID wasn't it. You know, it was just the very beginning of the fourth turning of this fourth cycle. I said, that's not it. You're going to see a, a lot more come after the whole COVID crisis. And it's really funny as well that people were talking about that lasting four or five years. I said, I think two years, two years it will last and then there'll be something else come up. Now, I didn't know it was going to be Russia and Ukraine. I had absolutely no idea. A lot of people keep asking me this. Did you know this? No, um, I didn't make any investments based on this or, or I knew nothing about, about that aspect. I mean, if I thought there was going to be conflict militarily, I would have put, if I had to put money on it, I would have put it on China and Taiwan uh, more than yes. Russia and Ukraine. So that did come as somewhat of a surprise to me. Um, although I knew there was some conflict there with, with everything going on. I knew there was some conflict with, um, with, with, with everything going on in that region and with NATO and Putin wasn't happy about NATO. And, you know, I, I knew there was a lot going on and I, I didn't know how that was going to how that was going to actually end up. But this is where we are. We're not, we're not over yet. There is a lot more to come yet. Because you see, every crisis has a knock-on effect and usually draws in two or three other crises with it. And this is how you form crises and they converge. And I actually made a video talking about there's more than 20 crises at the moment, uh, crises actually converging all at the same time around the Russia, and this is just the Russia-Ukraine. We're not even talking about COVID and you know, the health crisis and, and you know, the lockdowns and uh, you know, all these other things. These are separate. So all of these things are converging. Now, I think the most worrying thing for everyone to be aware of is what's happening with food at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting. And whenever I see an alert or something put out by, say, the UK Farmers Union or, you know, Farms in America, Farmers Union, and they say, we need to warn the people, we need to warn the government, energy costs have skyrocketed so much that we either need subsidies or we're going to have to cut back 50% of what we grow. And then they give different ones. And then they talk about ammonium nitrate and you know, all these other things, are potash and, and things that they just cannot get because it's just so expensive and in short supply. And yet, where do these stories go? Why doesn't the media you know, push it out there? Why, don't, why is it nowhere to be seen? Why doesn't the government act upon it? I remember making a video saying, we are about to go into a crisis, an absolute crisis, if this something isn't done about energy production in the UK, because they were blowing up all the coal plants. They blew up loads of them. And I said, okay, fine, if you want to reduce carbon emissions and everything else, but at least have somewhere else you're going to be getting your energy from. Don't just rely on it all from Russia and other, other places. That's crazy to have no you know, sort of production of energy 
you know, build some nuclear plants, uh, you know, at, at the least do something to have some energy reliance. No, no. Instead, they do absolutely nothing. They wait until a crisis comes and then they say, oh, oh we better do something about it. Of course, let's link that into inflation at the moment. Every, if you listen to any of the media, you listen to politicians, they are blaming all this inflation right now on two or three things. Number one is Putin in, invading Ukraine. And, and this is what I don't get. This inflation has been going on for a year or two. <laughs> the invasion didn't happen you know, a month ago. How It makes no sense, but the people don't question it. They say, oh, well, that's what it is. It's Putin. He's causing... Oh, for goodness sake. Um, and then what else have you got? You've got company price gouging, as they say. No, it's not companies price gouging. Um, some companies obviously are going to take advantage of the situation, but a lot of it is higher input costs via energy, via staff. Um, I saw uh, the governor of the Bank of England. He was blaming inflation on greedy workers, employees wanting pay rises, and it's not as if these were high pay rises. People were asking for 4 or 5%. He said, this greedy, you, you know, these people are so greedy. And yet, just this week in the US, they just added, uh, I think it was 20% to the politicians' expenses. 20%, and yet they say inflation 7.9%, which it's not. They've manipulated the CPI. If they still use the same CPI from the 1980s, inflation would be about 15 to 16% today. So it's not the highest in 40 years. It's the highest in all of our lifetimes. Mm. My word. So it, there's a, it, 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 it's complicated, isn't it? There's a lot, of, a lot of different factors. And, uh, and as you mentioned there, the fourth turning. And after we, we last spoke, I, I read the fourth turning. Um, I confess if anybody buys it and reads it, I, I particularly digest the first chapter. And I think it was the last one because it's got quite a complicated mm. history in there. Um, but yeah. it, I really got the got the message with it um there's an awful lot going on i guess out of all of that what we have to maybe do is think about ourselves and think about how because we can't control all of that and um i notice you you know using the word they quite a bit in there um we've got to think a bit about ourselves too haven't we about how do we how do we survive going forward Uh, and i guess that's where some of your work comes in changing the macro is quite hard yeah yeah well, the challenge is a lot of the people who, who can change this won't change it. Yes. And it's a bit of a, you know, old boys club, as it were. So because they have so much power and wealth and control, they don't want to change the system. Because if they change the system, you're going to have a bigger middle class. You're going to bring people out of poverty. And, and they, it sounds crazy, but they don't want that. They want to keep it as it is where they have huge amount of wealth and control. You see, Jerome Powell just did a speech, um, you know, a couple of days ago, basically FOMC meeting, talking about all the the stuff. And he said quite clearly in there, if inflation gets out of control, we will use our tools to to control it, bring it back down to 2%. He's been saying this for six months. If he was going to use those tools, he would have done it by now. Yes. I mean, how the highest level in 40 years or the highest level in our lifetimes, if you measure it accurately, at what point does he think it's out of control? If that isn't out of control, I don't want to know what is out of control. Is he talking about hyperinflation? 
where we have 100% um, inflation every, every couple of weeks. Is that out of control? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but, but surely there's a risk with hyperinflation that it diminishes some of their assets? Not, not really, because if you look at history and you, know, you can go and look at lots of different um, historical accounts here. If you think about, you know, we, we talked about this gold and silver and property and things like that. All that happens is if you go into a hyperinflationary scenario, all this stuff becomes more valuable. Yes. Now, you've got to think about the word value and valuable. You know, the semantics of that word, a lot of people just assume it means dollars or pounds or euros and things like that. But no, value is what people place upon an item or a thing or a service or, or anything, really. So what happens is that a new currency would come along. I mean, if you think about the Weimar Republic, they had two currencies running at, at one time um, uh, at some point. I think it was the something like the, the Reitenmark or the Rentenmark, something like that, alongside their, their, their mark, their currency. So these sort of things happen all the time. And then what usually happens once you come out of the, the period is the wealthy elite have got all of these assets because they've just scooped them all up using whatever they had at the time. And then you have a, a, a huge wealth divide. And of course, what does a wealth divide lead to? 19 times out of 20, it becomes riots and revolutions and the French Revolution and all these other things. Oh, so you've just given us something else to worry about now. Next, um, <laughs> that's COVID, war, riots. Yeah, food. Oh, food's the thing people should be worried about right now. Yeah. Making sure they've got some, you know, even if it's just having allotments or a vegetable garden or, or they've got some food, you know, saved up, something like that. These are the sort of things people should be, should be thinking about. Even if this period only lasts for a few months, well, <laughs> a few months is a long time when you need something to eat. Yes. Yeah. So you think it's that serious right now? We, I mean, Not yet, but it, it, it will be. I, I do think it will be within, within I don't know how, how long. I don't have a time frame on that. could be a couple of years, could be a few years, but I do think we're going to have some issues. Right. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll go to commercial break now and let people ponder and think about that. And, uh, uh, and then we'll, I'll join you after the break and we'll, we'll talk some more and we'll talk about uh, some of the things we need to consider about our own kind of in, in investments and ensuring our money is uh, it, we've got money there for our retirement, um, as well as some of the more practical things like you just talked about food there. But should we, be, should we be having some cash hidden away, scribbled under our floorboards? you know, in case something happens to the banking system. Um, so we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. If you've got any questions or comments on this, do, do, do drop me an email, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Be, um, be happy to hear from you. I'm sure you can also get hold of Neil um, through his kind of channels as well if you need to. But uh, um, we can always have him back again in the future if we want to um, answer some of these questions. So back again with you in just a couple of minutes. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers 
Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Neil McCoy Ward, and we're talking about about preparing preparing for tomorrow. And just before the break, Neil, we we talked a bit about about food and you know your worry, your, your belief that we're going to have real food shortages. It makes complete sense what you're saying. It's already starting to kind of happen. Um, should we be should we be stockpiling food? How much food should we stockpile? And what what sort of food? I mean. You could be you could could fill a room up with tins, couldn't you? Mm. But what what um what would you advise that people to have in? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, a couple of things we should probably just um you know mention for, for, first off. Number one, I get attacked over this very heavily when I talk about stockpiling food. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of the big ones people really go after me for. But if you think about it logically, people have been stockpiling food for I don't know, thousands or hundreds of years when you had to, you know, if you think back to the early days, 1900 in, in America, when people were crossing the plains and things like that, of course, of course, people would have food. Most people that live rurally anywhere around the world now that don't go to the supermarket every couple of days, of course, they're going to have a pantry or a storage unit. They're going to have food stocked up in there, a couple of chest freezers, things like that. So it's natural to most people who live rurally. But unfortunately, now we have this sort of propaganda, I guess we can say, that says it's wrong, it's immoral to have more than a couple of days of food at home, which it, it, it isn't. It isn't immoral. It isn't um, uh, all the reasons they come up with, oh, you're stealing from others by having more than a couple of days and all these campaigns. You know, it's a shame, really, that we're at this stage in the world now. But that's the first thing I've got to I've got to mention there. Um, now, what sort of food um, should people stockpile? And again, second point I want to just mention before that. Um, what, where was I going with that? So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of different foods, but there's always going to be food. That's the point. Um, there's always going to be food. If you look at developing nations now where there's a lot of starvation. Of course, none of this is, is anywhere to be seen. 
but there is a lot of starvation. There's been a lot more in the last couple of years into the, the COVID era as well. But there's always food available. It's just whether or not you can afford to buy that food. I did a, a research piece on a couple of um, countries within within Africa. I won't go into each country specifically and things, but they we were looking at the markets and the prices and things like that. Some of these prices were up 200, 300% on a single food item. So it wasn't that the food wasn't there. It was just that it was so expensive, people couldn't afford it. Mm. So we're not going to see all the food just disappear, just to clarify. But what we are going to see is there's going to be less affordability for that food, which is going to be shorter in supply. You look at uh, Ukraine and, and Russia, actually. Why is Ukraine known as the breadbasket? Because where does a lot of wheat and, and other staples come from? It comes from that region. Now, with the conflict there, you're going to see less of an output. So these are the sort of things. Now, what do you keep at home? What sort of food? <clears throat> well, the most obvious and the, the cheapest amount of calories anyone's ever going to get is one of those huge sacks of rice, uh, you know, one of those sort of things, a couple of those. But, but no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things. But unfortunately, a lot of people buy items that only last three or four months. These are not the things you want to you wanna have. You want to have really good um, dry foods that, that you can cook up. And, and, and that's the other thing, Chris, as well, is water. People say, well, I've got a few bottles of water stored up. No, 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 no. You're thinking completely wrong. Um, I remember as a soldier when I had to do the sort of work I had to do, we would never take water like, large quantities with us. We might have a few liters, something like that, a gallon maybe you wouldn't take any more than that with you. What you would take is you would purify your water with you, filtration systems, purification systems. That is what you would do. So when people say, oh, I've got this water stored at home, I just think, okay, that's going to last you a week, two weeks, and then you're in big trouble. No, get a standalone water filtration system. There's a lot of brands that you can use. Berkey is probably one of the most popular and, and the most expensive one. But there's a lot of things that people can do. So, I mean, this is just a tiered system here. We, we can go all the way up. We can go all the way down with what people can, can do. Mm. What about cash? One yeah. of your videos, I noticed you talk about having some cash stashed at home. Yeah, yeah definitely. You, you've got to. If you look at what happened in Canada recently, where those all the issues with the banking and people's accounts getting frozen because they donated to truckers and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, this actually happened. I actually have right now still three of my bank accounts frozen. I don't know if you're aware of that. No. Three of them are frozen. I can't access them. Um, it's, very, it's very difficult. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that, and this is the problem with emergency powers, you know, they, <laughs> once a government gets these emergency powers, they never give them back. And people say, oh, yes, yes, they've just given them back. Yeah, they've changed all the laws under the emergency powers. Then they've given the powers back. That's not giving the powers back. Okay, it, it, you know, A lot of people just can't see through it. But um, look at what's happening in Russia, Ukraine. People couldn't get cash out the banks. You, you only have to look in the UK and other countries now, America, a lot of countries, all these bank branch closures. HSBC has just announced another 69 this week. They did 82 last year in 2021. 
And they say it's because people just don't want to use the banks anymore. Everyone, I love that word, everyone wants digital. They want to do it digitally. Well, that's not true. There's a lot of old people mm. who do not have a smartphone, do not have a laptop. They do not want to be buying a smartphone or a laptop to do their banking online. They probably don't even know what a login is. So I just, I don't believe it. I think we're going towards this cashless society. They don't want people to have cash. And uh, because again, this is all about control. You know, the governments and, and these other organizations, they they basically feel like for whatever reason that they need to control the people because the people are causing a lot of problems. So they need to control this themselves and that's their solution to everything. So yeah, I definitely have cash. I definitely recommend people keep cash, whatever that is for each person comfortably, because when you need that cash and, and the bank branch closes, whenever this happens in the future, you're not going to be able to get your cash out. This has happened over and over again. It's called bail-in law. People think this is a conspiracy. This was another one I got hit over. Conspiracy. And then people started looking into it and went, oh, actually, no, this is actual a law, a new law passed in the G20 countries. It exists everywhere, America, UK, all the Western countries. It's called bail-in law. What this means is that a bank can bail in the money in your bank account rather than do a bailout because the government found out the hard way. Okay. We bailed out all the banks and insurance companies and everyone in 2008, you know, you know what happened with Lehman brothers and Bear Stearns and all this sort of stuff crashing. They knew this time they couldn't do a bailout again. So what they've come up with is a, a socialist system as it were called bail in. So they are going to take people's money over and above a certain amount in the bank account and give them worthless bank stock in return. Now, people say, well, my bank's huge. It's not going to be affected. No, no, no. Look into fractional reserve banking. Look at the levels. You put $10 or £10 or euros into a bank account, they're going to lend out £100 or dollars or you know euros on that. That money that you've put in is not there. It's just a digital uh, number on a ledger. That money isn't there. They've, it's already gone out and been turned into credit and debt and been loaned out on mortgages and credit cards and business loans and all this sort of thing. So when the liquidity crisis comes and things start crashing, people are not going to know what's hit them. They're going to say, oh, what, what's happened? I can't, I can't understand all of this. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. They say, what? Oh, I can't believe it. Even though I've been warning people about it for years. So you've now got me thinking, how, how much cash should people hold? Whatever they're comfortable with. Because uh, presumably with inflation, it's also diminishing. Correct. So if you look at the 1980s figures, your cash in the bank has lost 15% purchasing power just in the last year. Yeah. And then what did it lose the year before? So you people who are, and this is the thing that annoys me. You have people that are, and I do believe most people are good people. I do hold that belief. The majority of people are good people. It doesn't matter where they are in the world, um, whether they're in America or England or UK, um, even people, the average everyday person in Russia who are under a lot of attack at the moment. Most people 
Most family people, they care about one thing. They care about their, their husband, their wife, and their children, their, their parents, and wh- whoever else. Family. Hmm. You know, we demonize people in the media and we say, oh, this, you know, we come up with this image of a person, say this is an evil person or whatever. No, it's all part of all of these strategies, you know, to move, move all these agendas forward. Most people are good people. Yeah. And I really do hold that, yeah. hold that belief. Yeah. And they just want a roof over their head, be able to feed themselves, get on well with their neighbors, maybe have a holiday, cover yeah. the bills, look after the, look after the kids. You know, wherever I've traveled in the world, I've met, met wonderful people. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and actually not been exposed to lots of crime, been fortunate, um, but uh, a lot of good people out there. You've got a, uh, you've got a fable that you, you tell sometimes, which, uh, you know, some some people love, some people, um, you know, it means different things to them. Um, but maybe, <laughs> but but to me, to me, I had a had a, I drew something from it when you shared it. Um, are you able to share that with us? And yeah, yeah. Well, I I got your email, so I've got it right here next to me. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is called the horse, the stag, and the hunter, and it's one of Aesop's fables. So I'm sure a lot of your Listeners will be familiar with Aesop's fables. So this is, well, let me just go for it. A quarrel had arisen between the horse and the stag. So the horse came to a hunter to ask for his help to take revenge on the stag. The hunter agreed, but said, if you desire to conquer the stag, you must first permit me to place this piece of iron between your jaws so that I may guide you with these reins and allow this saddle to be placed upon your back so that I may keep steady upon you as we follow the enemy. The horse agreed to the conditions and the hunter soon saddled and bridled him. Then with the aid of the hunter, the horse soon overcame the stag and said to the hunter, now get off and remove those things from my mouth and back. Not so fast, friend, said the hunter. I've now got you under bit and spur and prefer to keep you as you are at present. Mm. Now, being a a fable, should we discuss what the meaning of that is? I... You can... you're, You're more than welcome. I tend not to because... The whole point of a fable is that each person is, is, is very individual and personal to each person. They will each get something unique from that, and they will apply it to their life, as opposed to telling them what I think it means or what, what you think it means. I feel it sort of takes away from their journey with a fable. Mm, yeah. I'm feeling a little bit like the horse at the moment, though, I have to be honest. <laughs> if I can relate, relate to anybody in there um so, so uh we talked um we've talked about food we talked about cash and uh how do we we've got to three minutes to a commercial break but we should probably talk about our money and our you know kind of investments and mm. you know, our future in terms of our, our pensions if uh if we're going to lose a lot of value there's a risk with banks do we try and uh where we can avoid some of that our, our wealth being in banks um 
where do we start with this conversation? Where do you prefer to start? Yeah, well, well I, funny enough, I have 15 different bank accounts, which is a lot of bank accounts. I did have 18. Wow. Uh, I'm just opening two more up at the moment, actually. So I'm, I was always well prepared for this. And I diversify my money between different banks. Now, again, this is a mistake a lot of people make. They say, okay, well, let me put some money in Halifax, some in Lloyd's, some in Royal Bank of Scotland. Some in- no, no, it's the same banking group. It's the same bank, so, right? <laughs> That's the first thing people have got to realize. Oh, no, don't worry. Mine's in this, um, you know, this, this bank here. It's very safe. Um, okay, do they make loans? Yes, yes, they do loans. Right. Do they do mortgages? Oh, yes, yes, they do mortgages. What about credit cards or business loans? Oh, yes, they do all of that. Okay. And you think that when everything starts to come down and there's a liquidity crisis and people can't pay their debts and mortgage, you think you're going to be able to go to that bank and withdraw your money? How do you think these banks loan? <laughs> and of course, the penny starts to drop with a lot of people at that, at that point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crucial one. So having a little bit of diversification with, with your cash, but also getting cash out of the system. Um, gold and silver has been money for thousands and thousands of years. It really has. It's one of the oldest forms of money, actually. So I definitely can, can suggest, I'm not going to make any financial uh, recommendations, but I would definitely can suggest um, silver and gold. And on my YouTube channel, I've actually got a full training playlist for how to get into silver and gold, how to you know buy them, where to buy them, different uh, vaults for different countries, different companies, what sort of uh, denominations. It's all on my on my uh, channel. Fantastic. Hey, we're gonna get a commercial break again. Um, again, so um, after the break, uh, let's talk about. Um, we'll talk. You've already mentioned there silver and gold. Now you've got this brilliant resource for people. Uh, on YouTube. So I, I was looking at them this morning and they were really, really helpful. Um, so go to Neil McCoy Ward's YouTube channel and, and do access the free, aren't they? Your, your, your gold and silver yep. series of six uh, videos. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in that, I think there'll be a lot of answers in there to help you. So we'll get a commercial break now. After the break, I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, the stock market, a little bit about crypto if we can. Uh, and um, uh, and then we'll summarize and we'll be on our way. So um, be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Neil McCoy-Ward, and we're, we're talking about preparing for tomorrow. And I should just make a, a real point here that uh, any advice that Neil gives is it's, it's personal opinion. It's not, it's, not, it's not a recommendation. Neil does not give out financial advice. He's not a financial advisor. He just gives you an opinion based upon what's going on in the world. It's your choice to decide whether you act upon it or not. Completely your choice. It's not, um, it's not Neil. It's not, uh, I'm not endorsing anything either. It's not, um, it's not that. We're just, Neil's just trying to give a shape of, uh, of what's kind of happening and what he's doing and things from his perspective if you choose to follow that advice or not, that's completely in your jurisdiction. It's nothing to do with uh, with Neil. Um, Neil, does that kind of cover wait, how you feel about um, y- yeah, your work? Yeah, that's fine. I know you get challenged very heavily sometimes, and actually all you're doing is sharing what you see, really. <laughs> yeah, you give people free free uh, videos and guidance, and then they want to <laughs> <you know, laughs> say certain <laughs> things. Uh, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, actually. You give everything away for free, and then people, uh, yeah, you have difficulties sometimes. <laughs> so, so you, met, you mentioned there about um, about we talked about silver and gold, and there's some some guidance on that. Mm, people mm. will be sitting here at the moment with um, you know with money and pension schemes. Um, they may you know I know crypto has become very popular. Mm. Um, what, what what are your thoughts about how things like you know pensions and the stock market? how maybe you know crypto might be impacted moving forward and you know what what's a sensible thing to do with your money yeah just just one thing on pensions i actually did a very in-depth study it's a documentary on my youtube channel again on pensions i recommend every single person watch that video it will uh, shock you into some action i think and actually uh, as you know chris i i do mentoring and i mentor a lot of people that your your listeners would know, actually, anyone from financial people to you know, some celebrities and things like that. And I actually gave some very clear guidance to one pension fund around their investments into Gazprom and Russian banks. And I told them, look, and again, it's never financial advice, but I told them, get out of these things. This was months ago. I said, get out because the, I think they're going to do sanctions. And of course, no, 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 no. They would never do sanctions and they wouldn't weaponize the dollar and all this sort of stuff. And it's actually happened. So I know, and it's not in the news yet, but I think it'll probably come out in the American news over the next week. There's one pension fund, huge, that's lost 95% of their 
customers' pensions. Oh my yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's pretty serious business. So I think that'll come out in the next week. They're trying to cover it up at the moment, but, uh, or try and figure something out. Oh, Neil, can you, can you advise? What can, we, what can we do here? No, 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 no. I told you, you it's all on you now. Good, good luck. Um, it, it is sad though. Like I said, it does keep me awake at night sometimes. The responsibility that people place on me, you know, and, and especially when it comes to pension funds and things like that, uh, in essence, they're taking, because it's not their money, you see, the managers who are responsible. It's not their money. So they take very high risk because, and it's a, it's a strange one. Why do they take the high risk? Because if they don't take the risk, the fund will move their pension elsewhere. So in a way, the fund is causing the issue as well. If they'd have just said, look, just get a 6%, 7%, something like that, keep it fairly safe, then easy. But no, they say, we need 12%, we need 14%, give us more risky investments because we've got all these people retiring and we haven't got enough people coming in at the bottom and you know, all, this other, all this other stuff. So it's, um, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, and everyone's a little bit to, to blame, apart from the people who are trusting their pension is safe and they have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So does this suggest that you might be better off taking your pension to your own hands? I think it's up to each, each individual. All I can tell you is a lot of the people I mentor, a lot of clients, they do things like they take their pension out. Obviously, you have to be careful because there's tax uh, liabilities if you take it out early and they might buy a property. They might buy a property and then that's their pension. They, they rent it out to a nice family, make a nice house. And that's how they see their pension for when they retire. Mm. There's a lot of options. You've just got to know, you've, you've really just got to understand how to invest. And I would say now, this period right now that we're in is one of the most difficult periods ever in history to know how to invest. Uh, it's almost as difficult as the 1920s or the 1970s period of stagflation. It's almost that difficult right now. Mm. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on crypto? Um, Where does that, should that fit into people's portfolios or not? Well, I, I, I can only tell you I have exposure to crypto. So I have, uh, I have a fairly substantial amount. It, it, it accounts for about 15% of my portfolio. But when I bought, it was only about 5% of my portfolio. And just through good investments and doing good security analysis on different cryptos, I've managed to grow that up to about you know, 15%. I think it's lower right now because the markets obviously went down. That was unexpected. We weren't expecting that until around now, actually. It was, it was roughly about March of 2022 when most of us expected the market to go down. We did not expect it to go down in you know, winter last year. It, it was just, that came out of nowhere. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose the question for people to think, is it a good time to be buying in now while it's low or, or is that not a low? We don't know, do we? We just don't well, know. Yeah. I mean, I, if I had no exposure right now and I had some capital, if I can stake that crypto and get 12% or some of them like KSM give you 18% and they're good projects or something like Dot, Polkadot giving you 12% right now on, on Kraken or you know, you've, got, you've got other platforms, Nexo giving 7%, I think it is on Bitcoin and things like that. 
It's all about knowing. You see, knowledge is, is key. Without the knowledge, most people, they can't take an action. Yeah. And some people say, well, you know, I'm just not sure what to do. Whether you take an action or not, you're still taking an action. You see, I, I actually see an inaction as an action, <laughs> wrapping you up in words here, but, but that's how I, how I see it. If you don't take any action, well, the action you're taking is to let inflation eat away at your capital. Yeah. So if I can get whatever percent by staking rewards, uh, which is basically a liquidity provider, I won't go into it, it'll take us 10 minutes, but it's a liquidity provider, then it's going to just help me to protect, especially some of the cryptos are at all-time lows right now. Now, you've got to know what to buy. This is the key thing. You have to know the best projects to buy. If you just go out and buy random projects, you're going to lose all your money. But if you buy really strong projects with good fundamentals, good technology, good backers, good partners, then the chances are over the next few years, you're going to make a lot of money and do very well. But that's the caveat most people won't know what to buy yeah yeah it's something um i, I personally have a, a modest portfolio of it and i took taken specialist advice with it and joined a, joined a great club and um if anybody's interested in that uh, there's a video with uh, an interview with marcus de maria um so I, i'm part of marcus's club and uh, and i i'm i'm learning so it's a journey. There's a lot to learn, but I'm yeah, but I'm yeah. learning uh, with it. And it also, they also it also helps you to uh, keep your head a little bit when suddenly it plunges, um, uh, and you have to hold on for dear life. Um, mm. What about the stock market then? It's got a couple of minutes, really, three minutes. What's um, yeah? Well, property. You know, do you th- are we we're going into the depression? You mentioned at some point. Well, so at some point, all of this is gonna is gonna hit the floor. Yeah. But the question is. Will the central banks raise interest rates enough to fight inflation? That's the big question. I don't think they will without a fight. You see, because right now, them and everyone else in these, these small circles, you know, the very wealthy people, they are making an absolute fortune from this wealth transfer from the poor and the middle class to uh, up the pyramid, as it, as it were. So why would they stop doing that? without some sort of an incentive. You see, everything is about incentive. Uh, it's called tipping point theory. Everything is about incentive. You give a carrot or the stickers, as it were, is another way to say it. If you give people an, a, an incentive, then they will think about it. But if you've got a stick, then they're going to do it. And that's really how it works. Now, we're not at that stage. So they're not really worried. They're not, they're not bothered. They're not raising interest rates to fight the inflation. They kept saying it's transitory. It's not transitory. You know, it's just, it's, it's now becoming embedded. And with everything else converging, you're going to see more inflation. I remember last month when the figures were coming out for America. And I said, these figures, and you had all these world experts, Nobel winning prize, blah, blah, blah. And they, they give you a 10 minute introduction on the guy. Okay, great. Just, just tell me what you think inflation is going to be. If it goes above 5.2%, I'll give back my Nobel Prize. I laughed. I spat my, I had my tea. I spat my tea all over the place because I was like, okay, you're about to see 7.5% inflation, my friend. And they were all coming on 5%, 5.1%. And then when the numbers came out, 7.4%, they were shocked. They didn't know what to say. And again, they all said again this month, 
oh, we're probably going to see 6.9%. I said 8%. We're going to see 8%. And what do we see? 7.9%. So, you know, 0.1% off each time. You know, I need to work on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Neil, uh, we've got to leave you now. I've got a no. final message you want to leave us with? A final message? Well, I'd say just, just start thinking about all of these things. You know, don't just believe everything that you see in the, in the media. Unfortunately, a lot of, and you know what? A lot of people criticize people that just follow everything they see in the media. I don't really criticize people in that way. I always say, you know, you've got to think, like we gave that example of the normal person and their family person. They haven't got time to start saying, oh, is this story true what the media is telling me? Hmm, let me look into it. No, why would you? If the, if the media is saying that you just assume and you believe it. Most people are good people. They believe what they're told. But I would say at this point, maybe start doing some research into things, start looking into things and always saying, is there something going on behind the scenes here? Is there an agenda? And the one thing that has never let me down ever in my research is following the money. That one principle has never let me down. Every time I followed the money, I've come to a decision for myself. And, that, and even a long time later on, that decision has been the right one by following the money. So when you say follow the money, so what do you mean? Well, if you ever see things coming out very heavily, then look, well, are they getting sponsorships? Is there, is there someone paying that organization to put out all of this, um, these stories? Why is there so many stories about this one thing? Just following, following that money with, with, with things going on. I won't say any more than that on it. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Great. Well, it's been brilliant having you back on the show again. Um, just, just lots of wisdom, insight. And I know, I know with you that you do this work and you are prepared to put yourself on this platform because actually you just want to help, you want to help people and you don't want to see people falling flat on their face. So I know, it, I know with you it comes with great intention. So, you know, thank you um, to people. And it's not advice. It's just um, it's, it's your opinions on what's going on in the world that you've, you've researched. So thank you so much, Neil. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to check out um, Neil's content, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Neil McCoy Ward. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, that's actually my uh, paid content. So anyone that's just looking for my free content, most video platforms I'm on there. The Patreon is um, it's a private members where that is investment stuff. There's a lot of finance and teaches people all sorts of stuff about money and how to invest and what I'm investing in and, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. So uh, I know there's lots of great content on YouTube. That's uh, absolutely free. Next week's show, we've got Damien uh, Corhain. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, how you can um, absolutely make the best of yourself and, uh, and uh, make a real kind of leap, a leap forward, um, even when times are tough. So we're back again with Damien. Damien's also a fascinating in investor as well. He's got uh, all sorts of wisdom and uh, he's based in um, multiple countries and another very fine and interesting fella. And once again, huge thank you to Neil McCoy Ward. Questions and comments, send them to me, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And I do wish you well. I do wish you well. Take care, look after yourselves and do take some time out just to think. Think about uh, the future, uh, think about your situation and think about how you can navigate um, the, the rocky road which is uh, occurring right now. But stay safe, look after yourselves and we'll be back again with you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thank you.